Hi and welcome to my podcast Pregnant in Japan, your podcast about pregnancy, birth and the joy of a relaxed motherhood in Japan. My name is Vicky, I'm a German mom living in Tokyo. I'm sharing my positive birth experience to inspire you with yours. Today we have Anne-Sophie. Uh, Anne-Sophie is a psychologist and she's originally from France. She came to Tokyo a few months ago for her PhD at the University of Keio and she studies uh, health and welfare of children whose moms uh, live abroad. And previously she did her master thesis on Malayan West African moms who raised their children in France. Hi, Anne-Sophie, welcome to the Pregnant in Japan podcast. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for being my guest. Um, and Sophie, I told you when I start my um, episodes, I like to ask unconventional questions. And my unconventional question for you today is, if you had to choose hamburger, salad or sushi, what would it be? Sushi. Sushi. Okay. <laughs> yes. Are you not yes, eating meat? Actually, yeah. I don't eat meat. Um, so, vegetarian. Though. And I love seafood and uh, fish so sushi for me sushi okay then i guess you are in the right country <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> okay and sophie i would like to ask you something about cultural aspects um, that you have noticed regarding your research malayan or west african moms how uh, do they give birth how is their approach toward pregnancy, breastfeeding, or maybe even early childhood education, how, how does it differ from France maybe? Because I think this is your emphasis on France, but maybe also Western countries. Could you yes. give us some of your research insights? <laughs> of course. So I interviewed uh, two Malian mothers and one Western, West African mother who gave birth in France. So it's a particular context be because uh, they, they give birth in the French context. So um, I didn't have many um, feedback about the way they would give birth because they chose to give it in, in a French context. All I can say is that the French context is a very medicalized one. Uh, so the mothers there, try to follow the medical advices, right? And uh, all I can say is that there are a lot of cultural differences when it comes to uh, representations of children in general and education. So one of the biggest difference of uh, cultural difference is about those beliefs regarding infants, but also when it comes to childcare Uh, there is what we call the proximal and distal approach. So it's two approach of childcare on the spectrum. Uh, proximal approach is composed of all the childcare practices uh, that brings together the child and their caregiver. For example, the child is going to be in constant skin-to-skin uh, -skin contact. So that's a proximal approach of childcare. And a distal approach is all about making the child as, as uh, individual, as individualized and uh, as independent as possible. So in French culture, it's all about a distal approach of childcare. Right. 
So those are the two main cultural differences between traditional environments in West, uh, Western Africa and uh, the very medicalized environment in France. Wow, I, I just <laughs> imagine now being a mom coming from West or being West African Malayan and then going to a country like France or like a Western European country. It's so different, right? <laughs> yes, for example, like co-sleeping is going to be discouraged by French medical staff, but co-sleeping is a uh, proximal approach of childcare and it's very important in traditional environments such as uh, West Western Africa. Mm. Yeah, so they have more the traditional approach, right? And do you know how um, these moms who then choose to give birth in France, um, what, how did they deal with it? Um, do you know anything about it? Absolutely. Um, during my research, I, I, told, I'm, I made a lot of research about uh, massages. And uh, one of those traditional uh, Malian massage is about uh, suspending the child through uh, with his ankles. <laughs> so it's a little bit impressive wait, that wait, the mom wait. showed me. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! It's it's one more time. <laughs> so the baby is suspended uh, with uh, the mom's uh, uh, hand, uh, like. Uh, the child's uncles are here and the baby is suspended like this. What does suspended mean? I'm sorry. Uh, so the body is uh, in the air. <laughs> <It's> oh. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's a very uh, particular uh, type of, uh, um, you know, stimulation, uh, body stimulation. And uh, it's uh, practiced in uh, a traditional background. And uh, the mom showed that to me, and the baby was very stimulated, uh, not afraid or not crying or anything, just stimulated by the mom's uh, practice. And the, the staff uh, looked at that and um, turned their head and told me, I don't like this because I'm afraid that it hurts the baby. Uh, the so staff there was a... The hospital yes, the staff or staff. the medical, yes. 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 And so there was a kind of uh, judgment from the hospital staff. And of course, the mother can see that. So uh, there, is also, there is always the underlying judgment of she's a bad mother, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, the mother can sense it. So that was one of the challenge, like the 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 judgments from the, from the medical staff uh, who looks at this traditional practice as uh, a sign of like, not uh, of her being not a good mother. <laughs> so that's one of the challenges that I noticed. Yeah, okay. Wow, I'm just really impressed now. <laughs> I, <want you> told <laughs> I can send you a picture in my, from my, uh, my, my work. Oh, yes, please. I would like to okay. also put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, about the judgment of the medical side, <clears throat> I guess or I notice for myself, 
everything that's new for us or that's different at the beginning we are generally speaking right i generalize um, mm -hmm. more um, we have like a negative approach to it towards because it's new mm -hmm. and we don't yeah. know it and um, also the doctors in our um, western world they are so um, they learn so much uh, from their books but not so much about the traditional ways how it was all the millions of millions years uh, ago, mm -hmm. ago and how it worked um, yeah. and they seem f to forget about it there also I mean of course we need the medical word and it gives us so many opportunities and uh, it prevents uh, emergencies and so on but I mean there are also very good things about um, uh, the natural approach and the approach from back then right or maybe mm -hmm. even like you say today in some tribes so i think yeah. we can uh, learn a lot <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah my research was all about ex um, taking a look at the advices given by the medical staff and uh, wondering if those advices are purely rooted in medical knowledge or if some of them are actual cultural representation of what it is like to be a good mother. And I saw that their advices weren't as uh, objective as they, they appear to be. So I think it's a very interesting thing. And you think, sorry, they were objective? They were, they were not as objective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it's also like this, the system, you know, it's what they learn at the university. And I mean, I don't blame them what you learn um, that you take. Yeah, it's uh, important. Uh, yeah, and it's important and you take it for granted. But I al also like to look a little bit on the sides, what's going on and what can we learn from the past. So that's why I ask mm -hmm. so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, thank you for this. Have you noticed any mental health issues for pregnant women or moms to be or in the early motherhood when they are abroad from their country? So when it comes to regular mental health for pregnant women and uh, women who uh, are going through childbirth, uh, there are some a lot of things that things that I have been uh, researched about. For example, uh, what we call psychological transparency. So pregnant mothers are going through something uh, so strong uh, and, uh, and um, preparing yourself to give birth is also uh, revisiting your own relationship with your parental figures, right? So um, depending on the mother, of course, um some of those uh relationships may not have been ideal <laughs> so re revisiting those can be uh challenging and uh it can also bring up a lot of anxieties about how to be a good parent and uh at that time a lot of psychologists noticed that uh, mothers are going to um like take comfort in, for example, religion 
our spiritual beliefs, and it's especially true for migrant mothers. Uh, because when you are away from your own country and from your own support system, you need to, how can I say, reconnect with uh, some of aspects of it. And some women who are not particularly religious, but who come from a religious background, are going to revisit uh, uh, all of this. Uh, anxieties by uh, by reconnecting with uh, spiritual beliefs. So this is one thing that we noticed as a psychologist who work on the question. So uh, one more time. So when they are abroad, um, they um, encounter especially difficulties um, because they are far away and they are searching for connection, for example, spiritual yes. or religious. Um, yes, exactly. Side. Yeah. Okay. So because I, I guess when you are s spiritual or if you are belief in a let's say in a certain religion then mm -hmm. uh, you get you get the support right also like yes mental you get the support, support absolutely yes. you get the mental support so that's right. why it's very important for the medical staff to know that uh, uh, a woman uh, who is uh, reconnecting with those beliefs uh it's very important for her to get that mental support mm -hmm. because if she is far away from her support system then she needs another kind of support as strong as her family or her friends so that's one thing i like to work on Mm. Yeah, I wonder very practical how um, pregnant women abroad can uh, do do it to reconnect. Okay, they are far mm -hmm. away from their family. So yes. for me, in my case, I w it would be spiritual. I would do like a lot of um, meditation and mm -hmm. um, that would help yes. me. And for religious uh, moms, uh, they can go, I guess, to um, communities. Um, and search yes. the help there, right? And put emphasis yes, on and, this. Yes, uh, and if it's not spiritual, it's all about uh, reconnecting with a community of your uh, cultural background. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's what we noticed with the association I've been talking to. Uh, like the French mothers don't uh, like they weren't in any association before their pregnancy, but because of their pregnancy, they are going to look for uh, an association with their uh, cultural background. Right. And um, I am, I don't know if I told you, but I am an intercultural trainer back in Germany. <laughs> And oh, actually mm -hmm. what we, um, what we know that um, when you are abroad in, in another country, let's say for, for me, I'm, I'm German and now in Japan, my original culture, so my German culture would become even stronger when I'm abroad. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, the values are suddenly more important um, because uh, yes, I'm uh, I'm abroad and um, I see all the differences 
and yep. uh, what's lacking, what's not as good. And I mm -hmm. put more emphasis on my German uh, background, on my German culture. So yeah, that's something for, common. Yeah, that's what I call a cultural cradle. So the environment in which you were born, in which you grew up, is so important. It's part of you. You bring it along with you when you go abroad. And when everything seems unfamiliar or when, when unfamiliar things bring up anxiety, then you have to connect to what you know, what is familiar, which is your um, original cultural back background. Yes, correct. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for adding this. Um, then I something else came to my mind. You mentioned uh, while pregnancy, uh, we are recapturing the relationship to our mom or maybe parents. Yep. Because I think if you are not conscious about it, you, mm -hmm. how can you... Oh, no, I guess you have to be conscious about it to work through that, right? And I mean, how can well, mothers deal with it or... <laughs> well, you know, um, for example, if um, uh, those relationships with your parental figures were uh, filled with uh, abandonment issues or uh, a separation anxieties, uh, having a child is going to uh, make you revisit that and it can put you into a very vulner vulnerable state. Mm. So if you are in that uh, situation, it may be a good idea to reach out to a professional and try to talk it out so that all these anxious feelings doesn't, don't affect uh, your relationship with the child because sometimes it does. And, and then early childhood become a challenge because of that. So it's important to know when to ask for help. Mm. Yeah. And I guess for that, you kind of need to be conscious about it or at least have yeah. heard about it. <laughs> so at I'm glad to reflect yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah, reflect. So I'm glad we are talking about it now to raise some <laughs> awareness. <laughs> Actually, when I was pregnant, I did, um, while already being here in Japan, I reached out to a hypnobirthing expert in Germany and we did a course. Uh, mm -hmm. It was, I think, 10 sessions. And uh, one of the big topics was also the relationship uh, to our parents and also um, of course, um, how they, how our moms gave birth, but yeah, the relationship to our um, parents and how, what we liked about it and mm -hmm. uh, what we didn't like about it and how we want to be, what kind of mom or dad we want to be. And, yeah. uh, and I really, really think it helped me so much because at the beginning I thought, yeah, maybe there were some things that were an ideal, um, But then when I wrote it all down, and I think also writing it down is one of the major things to create um, some consciousness and uh, to be more aware about it. I figured, yeah, um, 
everything like how I was raised that was pretty good <laughs> and actually I don't want to raise my child a whole lot different than I was raised mm -hmm. and just having that clear in my head that was a, a yeah. relief you know I it was like I had it in the back of my head and once we worked through it I had it on paper said okay yes I know it's gonna be that way or at least that's what I aim for and I ha had kind of a calmness in my head <laughs> yeah it's important to have like a balanced view of these relationships mm. yes yeah great <laughs> And Sophie, I also would like uh, to ask you when we talked about the mom's challenges or maybe also um, yeah, during pregnancy or giving birth in another country, then what's your uh, original place or home country? Um, mm -hmm. Do you know anything about how it could affect later on the babies or the children? Yes. Um, so... One of my main, main concerns is when it comes to early childhood, um, the first few moments or the first few weeks that the mother spends with their child is going to be so crucial because the mother is in such a vulnerable state uh, on a psychological level, right? Uh, that um, if the medical staff uh, is rude or if <laughs> if the medical staff um, has some misconception or like prejudices against the mother is going to impact her and it's going to impact the, the quality of the relationship with the child so to me it's all about having a good support system and of course medical staff is part of it but community is part of it too. So to me, it, the, the biggest challenge is about a support system when it comes to migrants, uh, migrant mothers. Uh, as I said, uh, it's one of the biggest change is to lose your original support system. So if, if migrant mothers have a good support system, then uh, every obstacles that will come their way, they will be able to Uh, get past them and uh, it won't have a negative impact on the relationship with a child. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I have noticed here. And almost all the interviews, doesn't matter if it was experts or moms, like everybody said the same thing. It's uh, mm -hmm. so crucial to have a community and that you can reach out to. Or, I mean, even in my case, um, I didn't have like a lot of people who would be there to help me like I don't know doing my groceries or <laughs> something like this or taking my baby but even just talk to or I say just I think it's uh, actually a biggie uh, talk to other moms who are in the, exactly the same situation that's already so helpful and mm -hmm. yeah maybe as you say also um, people from the same um, country or who have uh, maybe a similar religion as you do, or same religion as you do, can also be supportive. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, is there anything... Okay, so I I'm thinking what exactly can um, 
moms, what kind of measures can moms uh, take to raise a child in a foreign country? So you would probably say community, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely be in contact with your uh, family and friends from your uh, country of origin. Uh, yes, my main concern would be isolation. So, so it's all about avoiding to be alone all of the time. Uh, those would be my advice. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Because uh, you are from France and I know like most of the research you do is regarding uh, French moms, right? Yes. And um, mm -hmm. when you do your um, research, are there any parallels um, from moms, French moms and moms from other Western cultures? Uh, yes, I would say that, uh, as I explained earlier, um, the childcare approach uh, is pretty similar from one Western country to another. Uh, uh, for example, uh, co-sleeping is uh, not very practiced in France, but also in other Western countries. So, um, and uh, children are going to be, uh, I mean, the education is going to be about making the child as independent as possible, even from an early age. Uh, breastfeeding in France uh, is uh, practiced uh, often until like three months old. I mean, it's not uncommon that uh, French moms stop breastfeeding at three months old. Uh, and I know that for other Western countries, it may not be as soon, but let's say that breastfeeding can be stopped very early compared to Japan, for example. Um, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think you did uh, right at the beginning. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty similar. That's what I actually thought to uh, if it's it's Fran France or Germany or UK. Um, uh, yeah, the it's approaches are very similar. Yeah, especially when you compare to a, um, like a West uh, African country, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Where all the childcare is is, is going to be about uh, um, bringing the child and the caregiver together, like skin to skin and a proximal approach of childcare. Mm. Yeah, talking about that, maybe I can ask you a last question because uh, maybe you have already noticed I like the natural approach uh, a lot, even, although yeah. I'm very thankful for the medical support. Um, um, I like the combination of both, actually. Um, mm -hmm. Are there any uh, information you could give us regarding Malayan um, moms or what, West, let's say, what Western pregnant moms can learn from the Malayan uh, approach? <laughs> so, yes, I understand your question. Um, I have a different opinion about that. Oh, I okay. think that each culture has uh, its own approach and that one isn't above the other. As to know whether or not we can learn from one another, sure, yes, why not? But to me, the most important is that the mom is a right 
with uh, the decisions she takes. Uh, the most important thing is that uh, the relationship between the mom and the baby uh, is as uh, fulfilling and uh, as as um, uh, functional as possible. So I'm not sure that, <laughs> how can I say, um, I wouldn't give advices like that <laughs> about <laughs> other cultures. I would just say that whatever makes you comfortable is the right thing. Yeah, thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always need to uh, um, uh, agree on all points <laughs> with my interviews. <laughs> But that's a, a very important approach. And now that you say it, you are totally right to feel um, good about it. <clears throat> what I yes. what came because if you if you feel aligned with what you are doing, I think it will definitely affect the relationship to your baby and the well-being of mom and child. Yes. Right? Mm. Yes. I yeah. think what's most important is that you are able to um, like have good models and uh, in your support system. For example, if you have a good relationship with your own parents, we can eventually ask them for advices. Um, and uh, yes, to me, what, whatever makes the mother comfortable is the right mm. thing to do. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. Yeah, that was a very wise last uh, sentence that you <laughs> said at the interview. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Anne-Sophie. I really appreciate it. Um, all your insights and uh, the research you did. And um, yeah, all the best to you and um, for your PhD in uh, Tokyo. <laughs> and, Thank you um, so much. Yeah, let's keep in touch, please. <laughs> let's keep in touch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.